Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to uh, Follow Up Friday. Yeah. This, fr- uh, we, we, are, we have a lot to do today mm-hmm. in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and we are going to jump right into some of these Ravens this week. Mm-hmm. We got some poll results, we got some trivia questions. Uh, to kind of follow up on from last week. So what we got? Um, yeah, so last week the trivia question was, what was the name of the wildling captured by the Starks who becomes a servant in Winterfell? The answer is Osha, not to be confused with Asha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the winner was, once again, Lord Adam Parker reclaiming his throne wow we did have some, we did have some a couple of people answer and now it seems as if multiple people are jumping to the end of the episode to hear the trivia question <laughs> so they can go back and try and answer it on time and uh we'll say uh, lauren our winner from uh-huh. the previous week lady lauren yep. lady lauren um has responded uh to lord adam parker and uh said yeah i'm down for a trial by combat so maybe we'll yeah. have to have a trial by trivia or yeah. something of the <laughs> something <laughs> along uh, that nature so and we had quite a few people respond and they were like number two or number three mm-hmm. you know and it was like oh man the the time zone difference got me i know. know they're not gonna yeah. let that happen again i know I'm like oh it's no. funny because originally when we when we when I did it, I was like, "Oh, okay, this book will be cool." And then now, right. now everyone's like loving it. Yeah, so, it's competition. Like, it is. So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Sir Ezra, we had we, uh, oh, yeah. we had a uh, a test here. We had uh, to see who swears allegiance to Team Laurel and who swears allegiance to Team Yanni. Yeah, uh, and the the so the poll results comes back. Yeah, House House Laurel actually wins fifty nine percent to forty one percent over. Uh, House Yanni, mm-hmm. and I love this comment from our our good friend um, Lord Adam Parker. I cannot say I support one over the other. I just want what's best for the realm, my lords. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I was, I was. Um, you know, it just, it just kind of depends. Sometimes, sometimes when I was, you know, when I was like in the car with my headphones, I was Team Yanni, and sometimes. Right, right. I was Team Laurel when I was on my computer. So right, it just, I yeah, just, it depends. It depends. It depends. So um, another thing that I thought was interesting, and I, I put this in here, um, not necessarily as a raven that I want to read this week, um, but um, Robbie from uh, Newcastle um, 
England actually sent us a couple different things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's excuse me, Sir Robert of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a we did our top ten list. Ooh, when was that? Was that last Friday? Mm, yeah, or the our Friday fighter, before. The, or yeah. The, the, the yeah, top ten like fighters in mm-hmm. Westeros and Essos. Um, and so he sent us his list, and we want you to con- continue to send those because absolutely we might do like a massive poll where we, where we put every all of the top c- contenders in there, and then and just kind of see, just vote. You yeah. know who's in your top ten. You, we could have twenty five people in there, and let's see who makes it in the top ten. Right. Uh, so we'll work on getting that poll together. Um, but some really interesting uh, folks here in his list. Just wanted to read it really quick. Um, number ten. So this, is, this is his uh, poli- top, top ten politician. This is actually his, oh, his fighters. His fighters, yeah. Yeah, so he did send us another uh, Raven, which we are going to do a whole other right. segment That's on, right. which was the top 10 politicians, mm-hmm. um, you know, political leaders and minds, masterminds uh, in, in Westeros. So that one's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is his just his top 10 fighters. So um, 10 is Queen Visenya Targaryen, wielding Dark Sister. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty solid. She was in our list. Was, was she, she, wasn't, she wasn't. She wasn't in our list. She wasn't what is wrong with us? What mm-hmm. is wrong with us? Um, King Robert in his prime at number nine. Um, number eight, Ned Stark slash um, Jack and Hagar. Is uh, he saying that Jack and Hagar is oh, Ned Stark? Or is he saying, well, Jack and Hagar could also could, be? Could, no, I think he's saying <laughs> one and the same. They're one and the same is what he's saying. Um, number seven, Jon Snow. Uh, number six, uh, Victorian Greyjoy, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty pretty um, yeah. awesome. Didn't Didn't think of him. Uh, Barristan, sell me at five. Whoa. That seems, Whoa. Low. That seems low. But I, I, I'm looking at the rest of his list, and actually he has somebody up part of the list that we forgot. <laughs> we so. totally forgot. Um, so he also has number four, Sir Arthur Dane. Um, number three, Oberyn Martell, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Number two, Damon Blackfire, which yeah. is pretty awesome at number two. And uh, we have another question about Damon Blackfire later on, yes. which we'll get to. And uh, number one, Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight. Yeah, so Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight, once you really start diving into the Targaryen histories, this guy was a monster. Um, there's, he, there's a lot of cool theories about him because he's a bastard and, well, mm-hmm. may, yeah, his, right. it's the whole parentage uh, with uh, Aegon the Fourth, correct? Is, yeah, it's also like it's, it's sort of his... Um, um, Damon Blackfire, you know, um, I think is named after him. Yeah. So, um, because I think it was that, uh, oh, Aegon, um, the, f- the fourth, right, was, yeah, like, he, he slept, he legitimized all his bastards. Right. And he slept around with a lot of different people, right? But his true wife or whatever, I think there's the, the, the pieces that perhaps this is where this is getting to some theories and stuff, but like, that Aemon the Dragon Knight um, was possibly involved with her as well, like right. kind of despised his his, right. his so, brother for yeah, you know, for for, for the, his treatment of their sister, right, type of thing. If I'm, uh, I think I could be yeah, wrong about yeah. that, but uh, we're getting we're going to be getting to that part pretty soon, actually, mm-hmm. and then we'll be getting. I'm sure it'll all be in fire and blood. So, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, so. for sure. So. Um, All right, well, let's go ahead and dive into our ravens. Yes. Yeah. So who do we, who who is this first one from? Um, first raven is from Elodie, <laughs> which rhymes with melody. Just she she let me know that today. <laughs> so is this, is this is the girl from France. Um, I don't know actually. She came over melody. from the um, 
you know, unfortunately, another podcast, well, fortunately, I guess, another podcast sent her our way, a podcast uh, which shall not be yes. named. Yeah, which, she's 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 from France. Right. We're just not going to name the podcast in which right. uh, she traveled from. But uh, just as a just real, kind of a quick hello, um, she just says, hello, hello, fellow Westeroses. Um, just to let you know, I just started listening to the beginning of your reread yesterday, and you are totally to blame for me starting a very unplanned reread of, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, hopefully, you know, A World of Ice and Fire as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've read the books a bunch of times, mostly out of order, and especially the last... Um, you know the the last the last one uh, three different times. Just finished a Dance of Dragons last month, but actually haven't read or reread a Game of Thrones in a while. So that's pretty exciting, and I love how you guys explore the world. Um, it's going to be hard to do one chapter at a time. Yes, it is. We understand <laughs> that. We go at it just because we look at the one chapter and then we kind of how does it fit? What does it influence? How significant is it to the rest of absolutely know, um, the world? So, but Matt and I also, Sir Matt and I also plow through. We get chapters ahead. Um, he's already in, well into the next book. Um, Absolutely, and so. I and I've gone back and listened to Duncan Egg and everything. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, yep. It's hard. It's hard. You get just to go. You do yeah. all that though, and then the week before we do the chapter, listen to the chapter again. Oh, I listen to the chapter. I. I, fortunately, I work at my job. I can listen to podcasts like while I work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I can listen to chapters and things. So I listen to the main chapter about five times a week. Yeah. It's Monday through Friday. I listen to the main chapter Woo. over World of Ice and Fire and this. And then I go listen. To, I pretty much, you know, I listen to a little bit of news, you know, and just some other stuff like that. But I can I can typically listen to stuff for like eight hours a day. At oh, work, yeah. Which is really nice. So That's yeah, awesome. I'm just re-listening to Dunkin' Egg the whole thing. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that honestly, the the complexity of this world is one in which you you do need to reread it actually to kind of as many times as yeah, possible to get really all the, yeah to get the line by line, pull it out, tease it out. So mm-hmm. um, she goes on to say, it's not like we don't have time before winds of winter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, um, so I don't way, I don't think we do have time before winds of winter. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the song of ice and fire, um, it's good. The chapters are pretty short. Oh, world of ice and fire. Sorry, are pretty short, so you know it's good to explore in detail. Anyways, just wanted to say hi. Hope to catch up with your episodes in the next few days. Um, goes on to kind of talk about how summer is is sort of uh, her time to take a break from the TV shows, listen to some podcasts. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm excited to start the the reread, dig deeper into a World of Ice and Fire uh, lore, and I'm glad that I come I caught up almost from the beginning. And oh, some of this I don't even know if I can read. Yeah, it's not important. It's not important. It's re- uh, it's, it's it's really not. Yeah, okay, so. cool. I think that's all we're gonna read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing bad there. Uh, there's just some some origin stuff that uh, we don't want to mention. We don't want to talk about. Yeah. So. Reference, uh, references some other some other podcasts. Yeah. And, uh, as Lord Adam Parker said, there's only one you, podcast that he means to he means to bend his knee. That's to, right. So. That's right. That's right. So, anyways, uh, Elodie, thank you very much. Uh, we're we're happy to have you in the, along in the group in the reread, and uh, we will also see you in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. So that was just a quick little easy greeting. No rabbit hole on that one, my friend. So we're we're good for mm-hmm. now. For now. For now. Uh, but we have a couple more that are going to take us uh, down a rabbit hole. So, um, what's the next one here? You got you got the next one? Uh, yeah, uh, we got a actually got a got a voicemail. Um, for this one, um, but uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what's up, guys? It's Coach Hodge. Uh, a few questions, thoughts that might be cool for you guys to discuss. Uh, the Kingslayer slaying the Night King. 
Mm-hmm. That is actually a really good point. Uh-huh. So well, so he he kind of he kind of hits a, he kind of hits he kind of hits a lot of different topics here. So we're just kind of kind of read through them quick and then go back. Um, why did the children of the forest save Benjen? I'm pretty sure they could have just you know they've stumbled across plenty of injured people. Another great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. To be honest, actually, all of these questions, I was like, man, these are all like really good. Um, why was Jojen Reed sent to help Bran? Why did Bloodraven choose him? Is it because he is a warg or is it because of something else to do with the family houses in the north? Because if it was uh, because he was a warg, he could have chosen the wildling that was a warg. Uh, he would have been much more help having him already be on the wall. Um, then the Tyrion Targaryen theory may be true when John was able to rub, um, uh, was able to rub, uh, oh, the Drogon, um, when Khaleesi rode up to him kind of reminded me of when Tyrion unchained the dragons to set them free, yeah. uh, when Khaleesi was away and they smelled him and they were kind of mm-hmm. cool with They're him. They're cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, who started the night's watch? Where were the children getting their dragon glass in the North? Just a few points. I'd love for you to touch on. Yeah. So first of all, let's go ahead and start. First of all, those are all amazing, uh, great questions. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so first of all, let's go ahead and talk about the Kingslayer slaying the Night King. So there are a lot of people that believe that Jamie could be Azor High. There's a lot of there's a lot of because um, part of it is like kill. You know, there's the idea that Azor High had to kill stab a lion, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. then they're also kill the one he loves. Well, he could do both of those with, right, with one. one thing sword thrust yeah or what if he had to kill Tyrion too or something mm-hmm. so Jamie loves Tyrion and so yeah. he has to kill Tyrion and kill Cersei and then he's all he's left alone in the world wow right the lonely yeah. lion the lonely wow. lion you know what I mean so there is that um and the idea that he was like this once great swordsman I, now he lost his hand right you know that kind of and stuff he, and he's been training again um in, in the book series which is which is kind of neat and I it could be he also has um, he he comes in and out of possession of some other really cool uh, Valyrian steel swords mm-hmm. and things that have been reforged from ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could that could be. Uh, yeah. and I think he will be around to the end. So it, it seems like I love the way that the, the characters evolve, right? Because it starts off as a character we think is just a huge jerk, jerk, you know, and then by the end it's like we're really rooting for him, Absolutely. like seriously rooting for him, mm-hmm. I, and you know. His sister doesn't treat him right at the end, and it's it's just all I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where that goes. In the book, we've left him still sieging um, River Run. River Run, yeah. Yep. So so we'll see where he's he's at the head of the the armies there, and we'll we'll see how that goes. So yeah, but the idea it was just the idea of Kingslayer and killing the Night King because it's in the name. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it everything has to do with like the name, and it's it is very it's and very you could argue. That Jamie had something to do with Robert's death because, you know, a lot of the reason Cersei was, you know, doing this political backstabbing and stuff mm-hmm. like that is, you know, she was worried that Marjorie Tyrell was going to come and then mm-hmm. get rid of her. And Jamie was kind of supposed to be hand of the king and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, warden. So there is like Jamie was definitely and her love for Jamie was certainly part of it. Yeah, um, because Ned was figuring out that Joffrey was a bastard, right? Yep, and so she's kind of doing it, you know, protect herself, protect Jamie. So right. in a way, Jamie, so he's an in, he's an inadvertent Kingslayer again here too as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, good good call. Interesting. Um, yeah, we and can, it also comes down real quick. Yeah. It also does come down to the idea of Oathkeeper, right? Mm-hmm. And he swore an oath to protect the Mad King. Mm-hmm. Broke it, killed him. Yeah. Also swore an oath to, I believe, in you're in the Kingsguard, you swear this kind of a similar oath to the 
to the Night's Watch where you don't father children, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I've got to check on that. I don't really know. I don't know. So that came up, that came up a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the King's Guard. Remember, didn't you didn't you pull up there? You pulled it up, I think, and we're talking about it. But uh, um, yeah. It, anyways, I I think it it very well could be that he you know um, is gonna face to be there in the last battle. I'll at least say that for sure. So, um, and I think it's a neat neat connection that he would be. Yes, King's Guard are forbidden to marry or father children. It's pretty much like wow, the so Night's Watch. Wow, so he broke that. So yeah. he broke that out. Yeah, yeah. that oath. Holy. So bro- there's another oath-keeping break, killing it right. to kind of kill Robert Baratheon. So. Right, but then doesn't he keep his oath, in a sense, to his promise, in a sorts, to Catelyn Tully yeah. for his release? Yeah, right? he does, he does do That's that. That's where yeah. his redemption kind of starts, and, he's, yeah. he's, and it's through Brienne yeah. that he does that, but still, yeah. he's doing what, what he thinks is right and what's yeah. best. So Yeah. I could see it. There's a lot of people I could see who end up fighting the Night King. I could see the Hound. I could see, I could see all, everyone yeah. really. So, yep, yeah, absolutely. Good, yeah, good, good question. So, um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, why did the Children of the Forest save Benjen? I'm pretty sure they've stumbled across plenty of mm. injured people. That is a great question, which the show just skips over. Right. Well, it could be because we don't have um, that in the books. Yeah, and we don't. We don't know for sure in the books yet that Cold Hands is Benjamin. That's right. It's pretty much, everyone pretty much knows it is. Or but we also, yeah, we don't really know how he is like kept alive. saved or kept alive or, or what have you. You know what I mean? And, you know, I thought about something the other day. We were talking about how the um, the, the sacrifices, the, the babies that were given to, um, you know, to the others, right? And they're alive when they're taken which is different than right. just raising the dead. Mm-hmm. So is there a difference between those two? You know, converting right. some, like a live human child, you know, touching that child and, and it's never yeah. tasting death, really? I don't know. Uh, yeah. is, is that different? You know, was Benjamin in that situation too? I don't know. D- d- I think yeah. we're going to get more explanation. Could, on that could have something to do with the fact that he is a Stark. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely could, could have yeah. something to do with he's a Stark. Also, could be he's generally a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a member of the Night's Watch, so maybe, maybe, maybe they, maybe the even the Children of the Forest view members of the Night's Watch differently than you know um, than wildlings. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure be. they still could have stumbled across um, other members of the Night's Watch, but. You know, maybe I don't know. They're but, they're but, super smart. They probably they you know they probably know he's the first ranger. He's legit fighter. Yeah, but here's the thing too: is it? Do you think it was just by chance that they? No, said, no, right? I mean, Blood Raven probably sent him out. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is it's more. It has to be more in connection with they're trying to get Bran up there. They need um, his help, or you know, the having him near them um, creates this. Um, the, the appearance that they're they're okay it legitimizes them like it's okay your uncle Benjamin is here uh type of thing so right now they can't he's he's covered like in the books his face is covered and um you know they can't really tell right who he is or what he is necessarily so um that'll be that'll be interesting for sure mm-hmm. um what, were, what was some of his other questions here um okay so why was jojen reed sent to help bran um why does Blood Raven choose him? Is it because he is a warg? He has something else to do with his family, houses in the north. Uh, because it was just that he's a warg, he could have chosen that wildling guy we see, who was mm-hmm. also a warg. There's other people too. Um, he wouldn't have been much help. Be uh, having he would have been much help 
beyond the wall. Um, so Jojen Reed is sent to Bran yeah. when he. So I actually just got to this part yep. in A Clash of Kings. He has a dream, a green dream, as they call it, of Bran. Mm-hmm. And so Howland Reed immediately sends him yeah. and his sister to Winterfell. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's really no explanation other than that as to why. Right. So it definitely seems like it's a big deal. It is a big deal. So a couple different things, right? Was the dream, is it just his own green dream that he has because this mm-hmm. is what happens to these characters? It happens in the Duncan Egg series. It happens you know, throughout this series. Um, they have these uh, dreams and then... You know, or was it that Blood Raven was somehow giving him or feeding him a stream of yeah. of, of dreams? So, no. <laughs> what in the heck, Siri? We really don't care. Yeah, sorry, my phone's going off. That's it's okay. Listening to me talk, um, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the difference right. between the Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and the I think he chooses Bran because there's a there's a lot of Bran theories out there that Bran that all the brands are actually the same person. All the Brandons are all the same person. You have brand, the builder, and sometimes there's multiple people who are considered brand, the builder. If you, once mm-hmm. you start diving into, we've talked about this yeah. a little bit in like our Dawn age chapter. And once you start diving into a lot of these histories, um, and you know, I, I think people kind of forget just how important brand is to the story mm-hmm. because in the show, he actually, I believe was gone for an entire season. I think we talked about this. Okay. It was like season four or something where I remember watching it back. Like, I don't think we saw Bran because they we knew that like the books were different. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bran is the first POV character. Yep. Yep. The very first POV character. The book, I mean, it all starts with him. Yeah, no, it is sometimes we are a little over, like we focus on John, Danny and John. And some of these other yeah. characters. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for sure, he's definitely super important. And I, okay. So the the Georgian Reed thing, it's either he has the dream himself, goes there on his own. His dad sends him because he's close. Right. Or did Blood Raven choose instead of choosing the other wildling, you know, warg or whatever? Well, I, I think, think there's tons to, of wargs, but right, I think so. I think specifically, he, I think yeah, there is a difference between a warg and a green seer. So right. a warg is just simply someone who can like put themselves into whatever animals, animals, yeah. animals. Um, there's tons of those and beyond people. the beyond the wall, but there's not many green seers. Mm-hmm. beyond the wall and so some people have visions or like but that doesn't necessarily mean they have green sight yeah like because john and Tyrion all have dreams that doesn't mean they all have like green dreams right they may like you may get a vision or something or at least or maybe what some I've have seen. more than others and right you know but bran has them all the time so bran definitely has green dreams and is also a war and, jo- and jojen has them too yeah so um yeah i mean Going back to a, a Egg's brother, he had them so much that he was in his cups, it says, all the time drinking mm-hmm. to try to like forget what he was seeing. The future right. is what yep. he was seeing. Yeah, premonitions. Yeah. So I think that's happening here and it's just it's a sort it's the question is, is it being guided by Blood Raven? Right. You know, and Yes. So I, don't I think so hundred percent. Because I'm a big I'm a big Blood Raven guy, but Yeah. Well, I, I just think we were watching a, a YouTube video. I think it was Talking Thrones the other day, where mm-hmm. he was ta- we were t- he was talking about Ghost and how Ghost has red eyes and is also an albino. And the only other albino we know that also has red eyes is Blood Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read the chapter. I guess I listened to the chapter where John first finds the dragon glass beyond the wall. It's like you know, uh, second uh, Clash of Kings, second season, I think. 
mm-hmm. or maybe third season because I think season two and three of the show is actually the second book. Um, but it ghost leads him there. Like ghost ghost comes, like wakes him up, and like specifically leads him to this exact spot where he finds this dragon glass cache. Right. Oh, wow. And so, you know, did ghost was ghost just out hunting and find it, or did he smell it? Did he know? You know what I mean? It's not really explained. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, to me, it seems plausible that it was Blood Raven controlling ghost because i also think that blood raven controlled the mother dire wolf to go beyond the wall because how did a dire wolf get beyond the wall mm-hmm. yeah y- good y- you know what i mean good call like how yeah. did a dire wolf get beyond the wall so like right yeah i don't know i'm yeah i don't know man <laughs> good questions um what else do we have from the, anything else from from coach here we need to yeah Good time. Uh, yeah, um, the Tyrion Targaryen theory may be true. When John was able to uh, rub Drogon, um, when oh. Khaleesi rode up, it kind of reminded yeah. me of when Tyrion unchained the dragons and set them free when Khaleesi was away and they uh, smelled him. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that, the Tyrion Targaryen theory, it's one we've talked a little bit about, but it mostly stems from the idea that the Mad King was really into, you know, uh, or what's her name? I can't remember her name, but uh, uh, Tywin's wife. Tywin's wife. Yeah. Um, Tywin's wife. I can't remember her name. He's like, yeah, I can't remember. Um, anyway, anyway, he was really into her. Wanted to take um, Joanna. Joanna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanted to take um, the you know the, the the king's bedding ceremony privileges <laughs> and yeah and things like that. But uh, really, the idea of yeah, the dragons don't want to kill Tyrion. I don't know if that's in the books. Uh, okay, let me think. I don't think so. I'd have to double check though. I'm trying to remember if we got to that point because in the show is is it's because she has left, correct? Right. Okay, so that part does happen in the book. She's left and she's right. You know, right before the Kalasar shows up. Um, I don't know if Tyrion yeah. goes down there or not. He, there's a chance that he does. Yeah. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Uh, those of you that are listening, let us know. Yeah, I, but if he really, went yeah, down to unchain them. Or, yeah, but or I think I, to me, the, where I think I think it makes the most sense is actually from the chapter we'll be reading this week. So uh, for those of you listening on Follow Up Friday, the chapter we're reading Monday, or we're doing our show for Monday, is the episode where or the chapter where Tyrion and John are beyond the wall, or not, not, excuse me, not beyond the wall. They're beyond Winterfell, heading to the wall, and they're you know they're kind of like at this little encampment. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a conversation between John and Tyrion, and Tyrion says, like, talking about having dreams of dragons, and he says, "I know you have them too," mm-hmm. and John does have them, and John yeah. kind of shies away from them. So yeah. that to me is a bigger, you know, right, a bigger implication because the chapter before, which we just read, is where again we're talking about because so, Daenerys is also dreaming of dragons as well, right? Yeah. But so think of this: so the chapter we read this past week mm-hmm. is where. Ned and Robert are be are out, you know, and they're talking about Daenerys mm-hmm. and they're talking about John's mother. So then the next chapter is a Tyrion chapter where Tyrion talks about having dragon dreams and he knows John has them too. And he's talking to John. Yeah. Connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, no, good call. Good call. We need to double check on on what happened though with with Tyrion when he first showed. I think he was scared of the dragons when he's first right. in in her presence, but then I mean, so I'm, I'm in the show. All we see is 
we see, and all we have he really is yeah. the show. We don't really have right. Jon Snow's interaction with uh, actual you know dragons yet right. in the book. So could be different. But um, if it's similar, I bet there's an initial scare, but then yet an acceptance from mm-hmm. the dragons. Yeah. So, you know. So okay. Um, some other questions he has real quick. Who started the Night's Watch? Who started the Night's Watch? I think we know. Mm, let me see real quick. It was. Um, well, it's more the, the Starks, isn't it? The um, in the, the biscuits after the long. It's after, after the after like the long night. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could be wrong about that. So it's a it's a military order dedicated to holding the wall. Um, let's see. Let's look at its history real quick. Uh, gosh, it's not coming up very quick. The long night. So it starts right there. Yeah, it was, it was just when it was. We talked about it in our and we one of the previous episodes when we hit that. Would have been like second or third episode. Yes, yeah, so it was founded over eight thousand years ago at the end of the long night. Yeah, so. I don't think it specifically says who one like one individual person started it. Yeah. So I mean, the, again, the wall is allegedly built by Bran the Builder mm-hmm. uh, in order to protect the Seven Kingdoms. We had so a great perhaps. Brand the Builder started it. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's why I said the Starks. I would assume right. that it would be they're closest to it, maybe, um, and they seem to have more respect for it and yeah. what it, you know, signifies yeah. to the kingdom, to the Seven Kingdoms. So yeah, here we go. Another good question here. Uh, where were the children getting their dragon glass in the north? Um, you know, it, there could have been it, there could have been dragon glass that they took with them that they that they just had. Um, that also could have been because it seems like the dragons didn't come over. Well, we don't know. But dragon glass, though, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so sure that it has to be like from because there's a bunch of dragon stone, right? According to the, you know, the, to the to the show. Right. So I think it's just something again that they might have had in different places and and have, would have taken with them. Um, but it also could have been something that the, it's more about the first men may have brought um, it with them. Yeah, I think it's more about the first men having it. And we also I don't think we know specifically that 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 dragon glass is made by dragons. You're right. Yeah, we don't really have a whole lot. We of, don't. There's not a ton of context about that. And there's also ice dragons. There are actual ice dragons, like in the Shivering Sea. They talk about mm-hmm. that and stuff. So yeah, um, perhaps them. So I don't know. I would. My guess is that it was just maybe yeah, brought over by the first men. Yeah, I th- and I think you have to think that it and they're is relics. They're like old relics. The first men. I th- we just got to that. Um, you were just reading the other day, weren't you? Where, where uh, ghost uh, leads them to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did dragon yeah. glass. You yeah, talked about that, right? I just talked about it a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Couple minutes ago. So it's significant, right? Yeah. Um, but I think though, it's, where where did he lead them to? Was it the fist of the first men? That's where they're heading. Is the fist of the first men? Okay. Yeah. So and the, the, uh, that's the big talk. Is all right. the, all this talk is about the first men? Yep. So. I think it's more a focus on on what the horns and the the dragon glass being associated with them than it is the children. I yeah. could be wrong though. So, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway, all great, excellent questions. Um and yeah. Okay. I'm sure we'll dive back into all of these theories again at some point. So yeah. All right, uh moving on. Hi guys. My name is Sir Robert of Newcastle, Warden of the North of England which I believe almost makes him the Warden of Scotland. Yeah, that let's go. Works. <laughs> um, savior of Haradrin's Wall, wielding the Dragon's Bane Valyrian Steel Katana. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I love it. 
Um, I'm a huge fan of the show. I love uh, all your points you guys come up with and discuss. Today, I'd like to discuss the similarities between Jon Snow and Damon Blackfire. Also, with Longclaw, could possibly be Blackfire or Dark Sister. Both great swordsmen. And once Jon kills the Night King, will be the start of the next part of the Blackfire Rebellion. Possibly with the Golden Company as mm-hmm. his army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, so, we actually did, uh, on Patreon, I believe, a is Longclaw Blackfire theory right with discussion yeah yeah just kind of just kind of a discussion could it be could it not be type of thing yeah Yeah. so the only difference i guess is is that damon blackfire is actually a bastard and that john is rhaegar's theoretically true heir it depends on what you're using you know if you're going by the show if you're going by the show which is all we have so far i guess um yeah well, we as Sir Ezra and I have a big, a lot of thoughts on the fact that the show and the books can be totally different. Totally different, yeah. Totally different. But um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll reference the show for this. Um, but I actually, I could, I actually do think that. So in in the show, I don't know how the Golden Company is going to work. But in the books, I do totally think that if we do go the R plus L equals J route, that they could end up supporting John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I just we just, we have the Blackfires have never been mentioned in the show mm-hmm. at all. Like that's never ever been something that's been dived into. Okay. Like I don't even believe that. I don't even think we call they called Blood Raven like Brendan Rivers. You know what I mean? Like never. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, do they even call him Blood Raven, or do they just call him the Three Eyed Raven? Right. We don't. I don't know. I don't say I haven't seen the show in a while, so I'm not sure if they mention him as blood raven or i don't not. think they do i know that they in the book he's the three-eyed crow right and and that's actually a huge difference just so folks understand um the just the difference between a crow and a raven and when symbolically might right. seem like a small thing but to if we're going to talk about you know like earlier we mentioned you know the night king being slayed by the king slayer we're getting into that minute of detail then the three-eyed raven versus the three-eyed crow is very different yeah. Um, and so I think we'll get into that later. There, 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 there's something there. Um, but uh, a piece I wanted to talk about, though, because I wanted to make sure that I had this right from the, from the get-go. Um, King um, um, Viserys II actually is the one who he has. Oh, uh, gotcha. He's, he's got three, uh, three kids. He's got Aegon, uh, Nerys, and Aemon. Who becomes, you know. The Dragonite. The, the so Aemon so the Dragonite is a legit Targaryen heir. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It okay. doesn't show any, any, nope. So he actually, um, served for like four different Kings, super badass, um, and loved his sister who Aegon being older, Aegon the fourth, Aegon the fourth right. is actually married to. Now there's a lot of theories out there that Darren, Darren, the good Darren, the second, um, and Damon Blackfire, those are the two opposing Kings during that first Blackfire rebellion that perhaps, um, that that uh, if Aegon's bastard, you know, was was actually Damon Blackfire, that perhaps Darren the Second was also a bastard, right? And that perhaps Aemon had hooked up with Nerys, you know, during some point in time, and so actually Darren is also legitimately like 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 a bastard. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, and I wanted to. We'll talk about that when we get to that chapter because there's a lot of stuff. Aegon the the fourth Aegon the Cruel has so many different you know right. um, you know it's all over the, yeah stuff. it's all so, over the place yeah so. a little crazy but I want to make sure I got that right from from the beginning I, right, I, gotcha. I couldn't remember um, but then Damon Blackfire uh, you know he is a he is a bastard John 
as far as we know, is still the bastard. You right. know what I mean? So there's that similarity. Both um, warrior-like, both deserving of, of great, you know, um, Valyrian steel swords, you know, and if Longclaw is actually Blackfire, then there's a huge connection there. Huge. Right? That, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know about it being Dark Sister, because I believe we know that there is a Valyrian steel sword in the Blood Raven's cave, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think most everyone just assumes that is Dark Sister, because I believe that he took Dark Sister with him to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did. Um, let's see. We can look at who who was known to have, have wielded it. Um, actually, let's see. So Queen Visenya wields it first, uh, or uh, I guess is, you know, from Aegon's conquest moving forward. Uh, Prince Daemon uh, Targaryen, Prince Aemon Targaryen, the Dragon Knight, and then Lord Brendan Rivers, also known as Blood Raven. So some pretty epic people have, you know, wielded that sword. So that is the, that is Dark Sister. So you're right. I think it is the last person that we know who had it was Brendan Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Raven. So, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, you know, because he's talking about Damon Blackfire, Black um, Blackfire being the sword that um, you know Aegon the Fourth gave to his son, and then possibly if you know if somehow House Mormont <laughs> got a hold of it and yeah. it's long and it's Longclaw or, or Blackfire has changed its hilt, right. you know, to be Longclaw. Which it is interesting that they have an ancient sword like this, and that right. they're a tiny would house. be preserved for some reason, uh, and then passed down to John. That is an interesting parallel, and you know he and, and Gerd does do that from time to time. He does make you know these these type of um, connections and parallels. So that's why he's that's why it's interesting that he's writing the histories while he's writing the main series. You know, there's things that that, that kind of mirror each other, mm-hmm. but not but not perfectly, but enough that you're like, well, there's there's something there. So, and it might be just uh, enough to kind of lead you down, you know, here, here, here we go, a rabbit hole um, mm-hmm. that, that really isn't there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, Sir Ezra, I'm looking at the next one, and that is one we want to save. That is the top 10. Uh, yeah, I just, I just threw it in there. Yeah. yeah we, so, we I, so I have one here from uh, okay. inst- Instagram, which may, be our, which may be our last one here. Um, Maddie, this is for Maddie V. He mm-hmm. hit us yeah, up Maddie. a while back, hitting us back up. Follow up Friday. At this point, I believe we have to view Gurr as a Targaryen loyalist. The Duncan Egg series is very focused on Targaryens. He just wrote Fire and Blood. The, the a Song of Ice and Fire series seems to be just a brief window in time where the Targaryens did not rule and the chaos that ensued. There is no doubt in my mind that the series ends with the true Targaryen on the throne, followed by many generations of pure Targaryens once again. Yeah. Um, we uh, just real, oh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, we then kind of went back and forth a little bit. He said, "We're reading so much of the Targaryen history and rereading Duncan Egg. In the last episode, you talked about the part where Robert said many still consider him a usurper. I found myself agreeing that he is a usurper. The Mad King was clearly out of his mind, but it would have been better if they just killed him, or let him die, and let the succession pass to Rhaegar, as Rhaegar reassured everyone." Um, at the tourney, uh, the tourney of Harrenhal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few Targaryens who never got to rule that would have made great kings. Rhaegar, Baelor, Breakspear come to mind. Mm-hmm. And anyway, here's hoping that Danny and Aegon the Eighth have silver-haired, purple-eyes twins who bang each other. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of oh. went back and forth on that. But yeah, so the idea of Gur actually writing this kind of with the uh, Targaryens in mind. Well, it's 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 uh, it is pretty clear because here here's a, uh, an example you wouldn't think you would you would bring into this right away. Look at the characters that he 
um, s- seems to elevate to the top that that he really likes and favors. House Dane is one of those, mm-hmm. you know. So the Sword of the Morning, that position in itself, and their relationship, you know, Shara Dane, her eye color, you know, um, all of the Danes being having the blood essentially of the dragon in their family heritage mm-hmm. and they're elevated, you know, they're, they're, they're someone who they, they're cool in the mm-hmm. series. It's like, Whoa, you know, I really, really want to know more about those characters and they did great deeds and the, and the singers and the, you know, and the poets write great stuff about them. So that's a smaller house that's connected to this larger house that gets praised a little bit, you know, which I think is pretty neat. Um, you know, you do have all this history where they're ruling, they're ruling, they're ruling, and you have one mad king, and it, it kind of doesn't, you know, um, work out for him. The dragons, which were these this ancient legend, it's 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 almost like he's starting to do something that's sort of cyclical, like it's going to come mm-hmm. back around again, but yet maybe not, and we're all hoping for it. And, and I mean, well, it does in a sense because the dragons come back and magic is back, right? But would it keep going as in a wheel of time scenario? I don't know, but right. Um, the idea that, you know, like you said, the Mad King, what messes this all up is Rhaegar. Yeah. You know, Rhaegar is the one who, had he not, he was assuring people at Hall that things are going to be okay. His father was nervous that he was just going to try to take him out, you know, or whatever. He was a super paranoid king. Um, but he's just assuring the realm there that everything is okay. Well, and then he falls in love with, you know, Lyanna Stark. And it's just the idea that love, the things that it can do, you know, that, that mm-hmm. it, can, it can bring seven kingdoms down, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, think, I think, think there's it, a lot of favorites. Well, think about this. Them. So, you know, looking at the books and a little bit of the show um, that doesn't Daenerys seem almost exactly like Aegon the Conqueror. She comes over with her three dragons, lands at Dragonstone and then prepares to march on, you know, after she's done finishing all of the. You know, mm-hmm. conquering of the East and and, yeah. and and dealing with that. And something else I, I've been thinking a lot about, specifically with this question. Yeah. Um, so it was actually announced the other day that Gurr's one of his, uh, the Ice Dragon. Yeah. Which I had to do some research because, so it's kind of weird. So publishers say that this is part of the the Game of Thrones series. Gurr has specifically refuted it. I went and found this old link. He actually refutes it on his Nada blog. Okay. Says he wrote it like 10 years before. Um, Game of Thrones. Okay. But if you actually read it, so Ezra and I, Sir Ezra and I are going to actually uh, do this on our Patreons can be part of our old Nan series. We're going to, yeah. we're going to start. Cause um, so even if you view it as its own thing outside of Game of Thrones, like if you just read the synopsis of it, it's this girl that finds this ice dragon in the, in this land that is always winter. And like it has a, you can almost view it as a lot of his earth, like, some of these ideas are very early concepts that could end up becoming yeah. Game of Thrones because he writes it years before. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go back and you look at some of um, George Lucas's early concepts oh, of yeah. Star Wars, well, even Tolkien's yeah. early sort of like ideas <laughs> as to what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, and so it's 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 kind of interesting, and that and that again focuses on dragons. Mm-hmm. So like clearly, but years before he may have even you know, conceptualized yeah. Game of Thrones, he clearly has like this affinity for dragons. Yes. So yeah. I think that is something just and looking an, and at specifically Gurr. an ice dragon. Yeah. Which is I don't know. that something's something's up with the wall. There is something in the wall that is significant and yeah, we can talk about that at length later when we actually read it and, and review it. But um mm-hmm. but back to the favoritism of the Targaryens though, I think there's um it, you do sort of start to root for him. You know what I mean? Like, 
Um, what? Yeah. Eric, Eric, I, I just have I have the synopsis of the Ice Dragon pulled up, and I, I, okay. I just want to read it for context here. Um, Adara was born in a long winter with the worst freezing cold anyone could remember. Her mother died giving birth to her. <laughs> Adara loves the winter and feels attracted to the cold, preferring to play with snow and the ice and the ice lizard. She apparent uh, she is apparently emotionless, and her skin is always so cold to the touch. Remind you of anyone? She feels that an ice dragon has always been in her life. When she was four, she touched the ice dragon for the first time, and she rode upon its broad, chilled back for the first time in her fifth year. And the people of her town fear the ice dragon, said to be an untamable creature of legend. Uh, when it flies overhead, it uh, leaves a desicate, uh, desolate, cold, and frozen land. Adara is not afraid of the ice dragon, for she is a winter child. Mm. Uh, when Adar is seven, war comes to her land. Fire dragons come from the north and swoop down upon a peaceful farm that is Adara's home. Uh, uh, their riders attacked her family. Um, she and her ice dragon fly towards them, and the ice dragon fights the other fire uh, dragons in order to protect Adara and her family. The ice dragon defeats the fire dragons and their riders, but afterwards the ice dragon is nowhere to be seen, only a pond that had never been there before, a small quiet pool where the water is very cold. After the disappearance of the ice dragon, the cold leaves Adara. She is finally able to smile and weep like other girls. So it's actually kind of like a children's like short story, but, and he wrote this in 1980. So way before a game of Thrones, but how much of that sounds so similar? Yeah. Yeah. A a child of winter. Yeah. Yeah. And a a woman that is, that's cold. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that has cold, this cold to the touch, Mm -hmm. dude. Wow. That is, that is unreal. That's crazy. You know, and the, the fact that they fight a song of, you know, of, uh, you know, fire and ice, ice and fire. And ice. Yeah, it's that's 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 unreal. We're gonna have to read the whole. Is it long? Is it no, a, it's very short. It's okay. a it's a it's a kids book. I have it. It's uh yeah. I bought I bought it I bought it while I was, when I was in the kingdom of Portland. Um, but yeah, it's it's short, so it's definitely yeah. We're gonna read it for, and do it on a, a Patreon on our first of our old Nan tales because, um, I definitely think there's a lot to pull from this that just you once you get to view Gur as a writer, um. So mm-hmm. much, so much of that, though. Gotcha. Um, and I do want to mention real quick before I forget, I did miss, I misspoke earlier um, about Damon, his naming Damon Blackfire, and Amon. I had them mixed up. So just, just mm-hmm. so you guys know, as I'm looking through this history, but as I'm looking through the history, I'm reminded how much, you know, these characters, uh, the the vast history of of Targaryens. You know what I mean? Like he spends a significant amount of time uh, on this and on Aegon's you know, conquest and all of his descendants, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I know I totally think that it's, it's going to, the Targaryens are going to rule again. Uh, it's clearly going that way. We need their dragons to, you know, fend off the Save long everything. night. Yeah. yeah. So. so, all right. Well, I think we have time for one more quick mm-hmm. one yeah. here. So this one is sent to us by Winona moon. Okay. Um, so, uh, I know this is quite a ways away in the story, but I had a theory. I wonder what you guys think about it. So in season eight of the show, I'm pretty confident there's going to be a big showdown between the hound and the mountain, but I think the mountain is going to win and kill the hound. So then I think that Arya is going to kill the mountain for two reasons. One, he is on her list and two to avenge the hound, because as much as I think she hates to admit it, I believe Arya grew to love the hound in her own way. Plus, I just think it would be freaking badass to see Arya kill the mountain. LOL. And as much as I would hate the mountain to die, he's my favorite. Um, I would totally be satisfied if that's how it ended. Well, Lady Moon, I don't know. I like the mountain only because I like uh, half Thor Bjorgsen or whatever his name is. Right. I just kind of started. I've been following him on Instagram yeah. and stuff. And he's he's a really cool. 
he's a really cool guy. Well, like, I, yeah. I, I like that he's a cool villain. Yeah. You know, he's see somebody who's like, whoa. Like, when he walks into anywhere, it's like, oh, yeah. God, what, what, what are we going to do? When, when Gurr makes us root for Cersei when she's dealing with the Sept and he just wastes those guys. I know. Like, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But um, the idea that Arya would kill the mountain. Um, yeah, because I, I, I do think we're going to get Clegane Bull, as everyone, as everyone likes to ref, right. refer to it. Yeah, um... Here's yep. a question for you. Go ahead. Could the mountain during that d- during their, their 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 the fight with his brother, if the hound is slayed, right, and Arya then avenges right or whatever uh, against the mountain, could Rolor raise the hound once again? You know, it would be oh, ironic, right? That would the, be the, the, the sort of um, I see. Lord of Light. I think that I think that see. This is where I, so this is where I, this is a big difference I have. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's possible. That if you once remember when we started reading and they're talking about how there's like the difference in the in the world of ice and fire they talk about the difference between the prince who was promised Azor Ahai mm-hmm. and like the last great hero yeah and that they all could be different things right. so I think most people think that Azor Ahai is also the prince who was promised mm-hmm. so Azor Ahai could I think I think it makes more sense if it's just someone and I think the person it makes the most sense of if it's not Jon Snow is the Hound because he had this you know this fire has always been like some a part of his life mm-hmm. and it's all you know it's been a thing so i think if he were to kill the mountain right yeah. and remember the mountains also theoretically could be a lion mm-hmm. cuz it could be cuz he you know, serves the sure yeah the, the yeah. land so there is that idea i guess right right um okay. so i so i think it's very possible that he could be azor yeah. high but i will say real quick about the, her idea of arya killing the mountain. mountain. See, I don't. I just don't know. I think it's possible that the hound and the mountain die killing each other. Yeah, sure. But I, I really don't know what what's gonna happen with Arya next season. Arya and Theon. I'm like, I have no idea where their stories are going. Like at all. I just have no idea. I know it's crazy because Arya is like, well, I want to kill Cersei. Okay, well, she's on her list, but like. It just makes so much more poetic sense for it to be Tyrion or Jaime with the whole Valonqar well, prophecy. Yeah, and, and also it, it's not that everyone who's on her list she gets to kill. That's sort of her thing too. Is that like some of these people are, are getting ticked off by other people and things, right. and it's like uh, that. That's the ambiguity of it, right? Because it's because Brienne like, almost killed mm-hmm. the Hound. And theoretically, in the book, she could have. Yeah, you know exactly. You know, we see him the with, grave digger thing, and right? That, like, the Silent Sisters are yeah. So, so he's that that whole piece is still up in the air in the books, but uh, I could definitely see her. Um, I I could see her killing the mountain, but I don't. I don't. I I think she has the skill to do it with with what she's learned. But especially I don't think that's gonna had, happen. Especially since we had that fight with her fighting someone much larger than her and Bran. Yeah. Now here's something though. Um, I do agree that she has grown fond of the Hound. Yes, and absolutely. That, that there will be a that they will come across each other again. Yeah. You know? And the Hound has grown. Kind of fond, fond of her, of her yes. right? In the in the uh, the Dragon Pit episode, when uh, Brienne is talking to the Hound and he's talking about Arya, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, if you're here, who's protecting her?" And she's like, "The only person that needs protected is the person who gets in her way." Yeah, and the Hound just kind of you know mm-hmm. smirks like so. Yep, which is true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a good thing, and he has always been kind of subtly he plays the game right he has the facade yeah you get it a little bit in the show but much more in the books absolutely we you even get a lot with he and sansa absolutely you know and he really does he actually i think kind as, of cares for her and kind of yeah likes her yeah and he knows too that they're coming in he's been in king's landing for a while he knows how just awful it is and to see you know pure good kids come in there it just breaks his heart really you mm-hmm. know so 
uh, even though he's this big tough guy. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I just th- I, I, I love never- the Hound is my the Hound is my your favorite you, my favorite character. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Jon Snow is my favorite character, but of the non main characters, I yeah. guess he's he is my favorite character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. He I, I like him a lot too. I I just thought of the idea though after Lady Moon's you know uh, Raven that he could be killed and then you know raised, raised again yeah i mean that would be because he doesn't believe in he's and he reminds me of like a han solo i don't believe in hokey religion right. and stuff like that but then you know to be sent back or to look into the flames and see something which he does, he does right and that's sort of what empowers him to go to, you know beyond the wall mm-hmm. um and help them out because he mm-hmm. sees what, what it would come. it would be cool because i definitely really think cool. beric Darian's dying yeah, and but Thoris he's not, he's of Mur is dead, the... but Melisandre's back. And uh, what the other one might come back? I forget who? her name. Who's remember the other red priestess who we met over in Essos? Oh yeah, Kinvara. Or something Kinvara. Like I think she's gonna. I think she's coming to Westeros too. Yeah, and you know in the book it's actually gosh, what's his name? It's actually a, a male priest. I think yeah. I can't remember. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, for for sure. Now, Beric Dondarrion is my favorite character. Yeah. Okay, so he's not going out uh, without like a. Big... Oh, he's gonna he's gonna go out in some. Ep- I think he'll kill one of the, like the White Walker generals and then be killed by another. Yeah, yeah. So he'll have an epic, uh, an epic exit. Maybe he maybe he has a sweet talk. Maybe maybe as he's dying, he, he has a sweet talk with the Hound. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, let's see. Anything else? Uh, uh, Raven, we want to save. We, we we're gonna save the yeah. one from. Um, yeah, that one. The, we, yeah. Um, Aziz of um, of uh, of Riyadh, Riyadh. and mm-hmm. what else? Did we really want to save that one? Oh yes, we just don't we have do. Time. We just don't yeah. have time to get into it yeah, today, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, as, but yeah. Uh, Sir, Sir Ezra has to leave a little bit early, so uh, I apologize, guys. That's why we're a little bit rushed. That's my fault. But yeah, we do want to save this one because it's a big one. Um, so Aziz, we we will get back to this, and we also have one from the Ghost of Harrenhal. Okay, which is really which is really cool. So. Just so you guys know, the ghost of Heron Hall hits us up, and we have ravens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the ghost. So yeah, <laughs> super cool. Uh, now, so I think that's it for ravens. You can send those again to btkcast at gmail dot com. Um, hit us up on the voicemail too. We just didn't have we since we got the um, actual text raven. We just decided to read that today, but you know, we will definitely play those in the future. And, um, you know, we have got some cool stuff on patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Uh, check that out. Black Council is coming this Memorial Day. So when you listen to the main show, you should be able to flip over to Patreon somewhere around midday. I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll drop that. Yeah. Uh, that Patreon. That Black Council. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a uh, Rainey's Targaryen and the first Dornish War. Yeah. yeah kind of an in-depth study on that. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to dig into it a little bit. So, so we have other Patreon stuff too coming. Uh, we did a meat, meat and cheese and the first game uh, showed a book comparison. And perhaps now that Ezra super, Sir Ezra super interested, we may have to, we'll finally get that first old nan tail with the ice oh, dragon, man. ice dragon going. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well guys, it is time for the trivia question. Mm. The phrase Valar Mulcruis, uh, or all men must die, is usually responded with what? <laughs> That's good. I, normally Matt has those down. Sir Matt has those down beforehand, and I get to kind of guess. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can't uh, say it on. <laughs> no, you can't say it. You almost did. You almost did. Almost, almost did. Almost said it right back to you. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, okay. all right, guys. Well, I believe that is it for us today. Um, I want to thank you guys for playing the Game of Thrones. Um, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't pull up a, an odd house, an odd house saying this time. Um, yeah, I guess we could just, you know, you know, in the um, 
in, in the words of House Targaryen, fire, fire and blood, and blood. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.